Hey, Heartbreakers. Welcome back to another Breakdown Bonus episode. I'm here with ex-coworker Justin. How's it going? You know, the huge. Just <laughs> just talking talking for, for fun, talking for a check. Hell and, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, brother. On <laughs> Breakdown Bonus episode, it's going to be the first time in a long time that I feel like we just get to have a chatty bonus episode. I feel like the last couple of, not even the last couple, the last like 15 episodes, have been sad girl hour. We really <laughs> dove into mental health and narcissists. And one of my my favorite things about the bonus episodes are sometimes we just get to like kiki and giggle about the episode that came out. And this week was an interesting episode because for the first time, I think possibly ever on this podcast is I could see things from the perspective of the person that broke up with the person that I interviewed. So for this breakup episode, it was this girl who got engaged to her boyfriend of four years and she goes on her bachelorette trip about three weeks before the wedding. She comes home and he's like, hey, you know how we're supposed to get like married in three weeks? Um, I just don't think we should. <laughs> I think that's probably I don't I don't think that's a good idea. And of course, she's in love with him. It's heartbreaking. But to be fair, is te- technically, isn't it better to tell her before you get married you know, it, even though you probably shouldn't have proposed in the first place, it's kind of better to at least say, let's get out of this while we're ahead. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, legally, it's a lot easier, right? Because once you sign that document, you you, you legit, you you married. And that's, <laughs> you that, that's not just like a, hey, let's, let's go our separate ways. That's like a, hey, I want to go my separate ways. So I have to get lawyers involved or, or you know, we got to split our assets and all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, if it's going to happen, definitely should at least happen before the marriage is signed, sealed, and delivered, you know? Yeah, before they're entitled to 50% of your property. True that. But, that- but, well, and yeah, I mean, that's a whole thing. You know, but I, had a, I had a friend that passed away, right? And and his wife, uh, he passed away, he would have been 29. Mm-hmm. So, like, very fresh out of, like, college or, you know, like, really just still trying to figure out life. And um, something I hadn't realized is when he passed away, all of his school debt just went to his wife. And so, like, you know, that's a little bit of a not like, you know, that's a weird way to look at it. But I was like, oh, I didn't even realize like that's like a thing that would happen if your school isn't paid off at that point. You know, what is theirs is yours. uh, Good and bad. One of my close friends from college, she was in a situation where she was dating this guy and they were living together very much on the road to getting married. They're now married, but okay. her first couple years post-grad, she wasn't making a ton of money and she thought that credit cards were kind of like oh. free money. Like yeah. she thought, oh, I have a credit limit of $10,000. That I'm means- just going to go. Yeah, that means I get to spend $10,000, not really thinking, oh, I have to pay this off. So she got into a ton of debt in her first couple of years, which is when she was dating this guy and getting yeah. ready to get engaged. And he told her, he's like, I'm not willing to marry you until you eradicate this debt. My, my to that, my brother is uh I'll say very frugal. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Like he's he's got a ton of money saved up. And his boyfriend's currently in nursing school. And my brother, like, you know, they're very serious and literally like my mom. My wife, I'm sure his parents all are like, so when are you going to do this? Like, when are we going to make it legit? When it's going to be a thing? And my brother is literally like, I'm not doing it until he's paid off his school. Like, I'm not. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, so it sounds fiscally responsible, right? Yeah. I'm not going to marry you until 
you eradicate your debt. But here's the thing. If you are planning on spending the rest of your life with somebody, what does it matter if they pay it off now or if they pay it off in 10 years? And I'm sure from a financial standpoint, there's somebody listening that has some logical explanation for this. Like it affects your credit score, blah, 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 blah. And it sounds smart, but if you really, I think it really does make you consider like, are you in this for the long haul or not? Well, and and I agree. And obviously I'm not a financial advisor, but I know like when Nicole and I went to buy the house, right? They look at both of our credit scores. So like, even if, even if it's like, I'm going to wait till you're out of debt to get married. If getting out of that debt is hurting that person's credit score, wouldn't it make sense to get involved and get them out of the debt without hurting the credit score? So then both of you, when you go buy the house, have like a 700, 800 credit. And it's like, oh yeah, here's all the money for everything at that point. Is that how it goes when you go to buy a house? It really is. It's crazy. So what they do is they look at your they look at your credit score. Uh, mine was better than my wife's, and I I hold that over her. Yeah, yeah, I did good. That's um, surprising because doesn't doesn't Nicole like make bank? And we both like 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 not to flex, but like we had we both had really high credit scores. Like we both had really good ones. I think mine was just because I've literally only ever opened one credit card, and that's all I've had. Where I think she's had two. Uh, uh, one when she was in college, and then she got a different one when she got. Uh, out, but but yeah, they look at it and they're like, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna look at your credit score, we're gonna pull everything, and we'll let you know how it goes. And then they send you an email like, hey, it's good. The bank's willing to approve you for this much based off of your combined salaries, which is another part of how that goes. And then it's like, you know, they look. It, it all goes into how much um your monthly expenses uh, expenses are compared to uh, what you're bringing in, and then they'll like kind of do some math and and figure out what they're cool with you spending without you potentially putting yourself in a situation where you're like house poor almost. That's so crazy. See, that, these, are, these are conversations I don't want to have without somebody else in the picture, but I've recently gotten to the position in my financial future where I really am planning to buy a house without somebody else, which is- Do it. Yes. It's, it's like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. And I, I talk about this all the time on the Burt Show, which is my current day job for people who don't know that. It's, an, it's a syndicated radio show. I always talk about how I literally girl boss too close to the sun because I went into media and communications thinking, well, I'm just going to diddly daddle diddle <laughs> the entertainment world for a little bit until some man comes and supports me. <laughs> so as I'm approaching 30 and realizing, A, that might not be what I want, but B, I might be in a position where I'm ready to buy a house Yep. without somebody and having those conversations to me is terrifying terrifying it's, from a financial standpoint yeah it, it it it's a different way to look at everything right like when when you start having those conversations cuz not only that then you start getting into like resale value and how old the roof is and it, it's a lot it really is and so like luckily we have a family friend who was able to like level with us on stuff and and be you know you start looking at areas that might not be as great as others, but like, man, they're really developing up right now. So the housing prices are going to change and you and interest rates and blah, 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 you know. But I uh, listen, I'm going to have to you're going to have to teach me how to like uh, do the whole bossing in the industry because my wife is like very much not wanting to to uh, work full time anymore. And I was like, you realize I'm in radio and that's just not going to be a thing. Yeah, you just have to boy boss a little bit closer to the sun, Justin. And then I guess be, you'll be that cre- I, 
I got yeah, I got to get a little more like uh, I I I'm sure at the end of the day is a little more sticking up for myself, but you know how that goes. Yeah, you got to put your foot down. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of your house, for those who don't know, Justin lives in this neighborhood where you have talked about this neighbor for a hot second. I remember this was probably a year ago when you first moved in and I was <laughs> working with you. You would yeah. complain all the time about this neighbor that was playing DJ music and you had to go over and kind of put your foot down that way. was very proud of you in that sense. But didn't you just tell me that they're in jail currently on murder charges? So, so yes, that person that I was getting uh argumentative with we'll use that word of <laughs> uh, that person that i was getting argumentative with uh ended up shooting their other roommate in the back of the head three times allegedly i will know it's a, it's been confirmed like oh she was convicted the court date already happened convicted it's a thing the the person that was shot was sleeping on their couch like i recognized him once that photo came out yeah and um yeah, crazy. I, I still don't really understand why, but like waking up at three in the morning to a full SWAT standoff with the house is a little and we're in townhomes, right? So we share a wall with them. Yeah, so we we heard the whole takedown. We heard SWAT break the door in. We heard SWAT go in and grab them. And yeah, it was do a they, whole thing. Do they know the motive? They don't. Um, I know they both worked near each other uh, out in Jack's Beach, from my understanding. I don't necessarily know why. I'm assuming drinking was involved because it was out by the bars and I know they both drank pretty heavily because, again, the, the DJ music and and the random barking in the front of the house that they would do. Random barking. There was one there was one morning. So my wife works in the golf industry, so she'd have to leave to to go to the golf course pretty early before the sun's up. Right. So it's like five in the morning on a Monday and I had to move my car and I'm up anyway because I'm, I'm getting ready for, you know, Quinn. And so I moved the car and Nicole leaves. And as I'm getting out of my car and Uber pulls up and drops them all off, they were out at the bars drinking to like 5.45, 6 in the morning on a Monday. I was like, on a Monday. And they got out and I was like, oh, hey, hi, how's it going? And she she turned to me and she just barked like, like a dog at me for like a hot second. And I was just like, okay, great. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, yeah. I'm glad that they're not your neighbors anymore because a i know they were waking up you and your newborn but b um you don't really want somebody who might potentially shoot you right right and also for you though on the on the home buying girl boss thing like you never know that house that you end up buying could turn into a rental property for you down the line and all i have to say as someone that could potentially be a neighbor with that one day is really vet out who you're renting the house to (laughs) like make sure Literally. Make sure they don't have priors or anything. So, well, I need to grow boss even more close to the sun because I plan on purchasing in a somewhat bougie neighborhood. If I nice. do, not okay. a bougie neighborhood, but I like where I live now, and it's um one of the most expensive zip codes in Atlanta. So good, good, <laughs> good. good. Well, yeah. yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Hopefully, they keep me around long enough, and there'll be a conversation in two years. But anyway, back to the episode. Now that we've taken several detours into Justin murderous. <laughs> former neighbor land. One of the other things that came up was the reason why he decided to end the relationship. I mean, the timing aside, just him ending the relationship period. She said she always had this nagging feeling throughout their courtship, their dating life, that 
he didn't feel like she was the right person for him. Not that she Mm. was not great or that they weren't good together, but there was somebody else out there that would have been a better fit. So as somebody who's in a healthy relationship, I would love for you to tell me how you knew that Nicole was quote unquote the one, because I think a lot of people find themselves in relationships where they're kind of teeter tottering. They're like, is the concept of the one, you know, this fake mythical thing that I'm thinking of, and maybe I'm holding out for nothing and that I'm going to stay in this relationship because it's not bad. So what, to, what to you um, made Nicole the one that made you want to stick around? Yeah. I feel like the concept of the one, it, it is true But the way it's portrayed, I think, almost is like, you know how, like, everyone talks about models and stuff. It's like, oh, man, don't look at their Instagram. It's all dolled up and filters and stuff like that. I feel like the version of of how the one is portrayed in movies and stuff is like kind of makes you feel like that's how it should be. Like you you see them and everything's brighter and blues are a different color now. And and rainbows are just spreading around in the background and everybody's happy. And it's just, you know, like it's not like that. It's like life is still life. It's just you want to do life with them. You know, like I would much rather if I'm going to stay home and and watch the Phillies lose uh, in in the MLB playoffs, I'd rather do it with Nicole around than than out with my with my buddies. You know, like if that's what I'm doing, I'd rather do that. If I'm uh, if I'm going on vacation, I'd rather her be there than not be there. You know, it's just little things like that that just kind of made me realize like, oh, oh, you're you're you know, they always joke like, oh, you're my best friend. It, it's true. Like as you get older, your friendships dwindle and when i talk dwindle i mean like i'm probably down to like five friends now that's more than me brother right right like like i'm dwindled down and i hardly see them because none of them have kids and none of them understand that i can't go to dinner at eight o'clock at night like i just can't do it so like the person that you're living with uh, I I wish I could find the graphic for you. Maybe I'll send it to you because uh, I know Aaron shared it and I'll be able to ask him for it. It's a graph of time spent with different people in your life. Um, it's like time spent with your, your parents, right? By like 21, it starts to really dip down. And that makes sense because you're off to college. You're off to start really your own life. It's like um, time with your significant other at 20 it starts to really peak and then like you know up until i guess the average age of passing away it stays pretty tapered off in the middle there and um your friend or your friend group same thing like 20 really college like first graduation is probably the highest it's ever been and then it just dwindles as you get older um the reason he shared it which him and i kind of disagree a little bit the reason he shared it is the people you spend the most time with in your life is actually your coworkers, in and so that's a little like interesting and it's like well if you don't like your coworkers, then maybe go find a new place because you're spending at least eight hours a day with them um and then the next person is is your significant other and your kids until your kids inevitably leave and it dips down so it's like you know this person's someone you always want around this person's happy to you're happy to be with them and you understand each other like nicole needs her space at times Mm. and i understand that so i let her have her space at times do i want space no because i'm like a little clingy person and i just need her around all the time so that's just how it is but you understand each other and, and you'd rather do literally everything in life with each other than not 
That's so interesting to pivot off of the soulmate question to your coworkers, because I think there's definitely like this societal thing, like let's stop living to work and start working to live. But like, oh my God, if you really do spend eight hours a day at work, really technically you should be prioritizing what you do for a living over the people in your life, which is the worst thing, which sounds horrible when you say it out loud, but like, dear God, if you're going to spend that much time at work for the rest of your life, really, honestly, the biggest decision you're going to make other than maybe the person you're going to marry and raise children with. It's who you're spending your time making money with. Yeah. It's your coworkers, which is true. I mean, I talk to my coworkers every single morning from the ungodliest hours of the day. So (laughs) I better like them. Thank God I did. Great. And and I would imagine, you know, that like the whole point of that graph that that Aaron was showing me is a, a little bit of managerial mindset, right? Like if you're the manager, you also have to realize like, yes, you have to be the boss, but you're another little family in a way that either, you know, take that how how it is, you know, when you have hard conversations, you know, where's the friendship level on that and how's it get handled is, is a whole nother conversation. But yeah, you're with these people a ton and you're with your wife or your husband. It's finally not a miserable temperature outside, which only means one thing. Summer is coming up. And let's make one thing clear. There is Hibernation Abbey and there is Summer Abbey. And Summer Abbey likes to feel light and healthy. That's why I've been trying out meals from Factor. They've got meals shipped to your house that are super easy to heat up in a jiffy. And you're probably like, ew, refrigerated meal. That must be so unhealthy and gross. No, I can confirm these are delicious. And they have so many different options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. You can also add on more than 60 add-ons every single week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. You get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factors ready-to-eat meals so you can get back to doing what you love this spring and you don't have to clean anything up. Head to factormeals.com breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. If you're like me and the second you get home from work, you are ravenous. You are going to love these new meals I've been trying out from Factor. Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals that you can make in two minutes with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. It's so convenient. I have like grocery store ADHD. Anytime I go to like Publix or something, I'm buying everything. And then I come home with no meals. Whereas Factor, it's all the meal prep done for you. You've got 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. If you want to get started today and have a feel good week of meals ready to go, head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code BREAKUP50 at factormeals.com slash BREAKUP50 to get 50% off. Been or your significant other a ton. So if you don't like them, it's probably a sign that something needs to change, whether it's a new job or whether it's a new significant other and, uh, you know, whatever. That's why I used to like working with you is I never saw anybody. And then when I did see people, it was like you or, you know, other people that I don't hate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was a totally fine. And there was always ice cream in the fridge. So it was great. It was a great situation. Now, now there's now there's no ice cream and I don't talk to anybody. Did they get rid of the Bluebell promotion? 
Um, they still come through every once in a while, True. but but not as much. Yeah. We used to do like what Bluebell Mondays or something like. <laughs> yeah, I think they were just doing that to keep me around, and then when yeah. I were like, all right, screw this, we're over. Yeah, yeah. I'm also, totally. pretty sure I'm the only person that was eating those things. Yeah, the fridge, I because there, there's usually a ton of frozen ones in the in the freezer, and I feel like nobody really touches them anymore. Yeah, it just used to be me, and I would just like four a day. <laughs> Um, no, but also like when it comes to choosing the right partner, and I say this consistently, I hate it when people call me picky because I think, again, other than your coworkers who you will spend eight hours a day with, this is the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. You should be pretty picky about that. Like they're going to have the most influence on you. You're going to be hanging out with them for most of your vacations throughout your life. Literally. Pick somebody that you don't hate. How about well, that? And it could be someone that you, it could be someone that you don't hate, but you're not on the same wavelength too, right? Like one of the, one thing when I asked Nicole's dad, if I could marry Nicole, the one thing he asked me, he said, are you and Nicole on the same page about kids? Do you want kids? And what I told him is I said, yes, we're on the same page. She probably wants more kids than I do, but we both want kids. And he said, okay, because that's the one thing that you really probably won't change someone's mind about like, especially as the guy in the relationship who doesn't have to put the body on the line to do that. Right. Like if I want kids and she doesn't, then that's end of conversation. Um, so it could even be you two are meant for each other. You're, you're the happiest with each other, but one wants kids and the other doesn't then, well, now your, your priorities aren't the same and things, then something probably has to change. Yeah. Well, that's a fear that I have is that I'm finally going to meet a man who doesn't hate me. And he's going to be like, oh, sorry, the kids thing, kind of a deal breaker. Like, because I don't want kids. And if he does mm-hmm. want kids, I'm kind of like, well, you're SOL, buddy. Because it, yeah. I'm not putting my body through something I don't want to do. And it, and it could be that way. And it, it's it's uh, it's even for two people that really wanted to do it. It's a hard change of lifestyle. And so for someone who might be like, uh, oh, I don't want to do it, but you really want to. So I'll appease you into it. And then on top of going through all the like the hormone changes and all that stuff, like I can really see how, you know, postpartum depression and and all that stuff can can really happen. Like I definitely Nicole and I like kind of saw the the how easy it is for something like that to possibly pop up. No, 100 percent. I think it's a lot harder than people think it's going to be because I hear that all the time from the moms in my studio is that they knew it was hard, but they didn't realize how hard it is. And maybe that's why I'm so afraid of having kids because I I know that it's going to be objectively. I don't want to say miserable because I know the miracle of life is amazing and you will never know a love like that from anybody else ever again. Understood. I just think it's the hardest thing that you could ever put yourself through ever. Someone. Um. Someone put it really well uh, when we were talking about how frustrating it can be and how hard it is, which also I would say you have to ask your coworkers this, like guys and girls who have who have kids. Ask them how many times because I've had this like three times and it, I don't think it means anything bad, but I've had it like three times. We're like, oh, shit, you rely on me for everything. Like 24 <laughs> seven, like, 24/7. oh, seven. <laughs> it's happened like four times where I've just been like sitting there watching TV with her in my lap. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like you need you really need. But what we were talking about is, in my opinion, love is um, what is it? it? Love is conditional. Family or baby is unconditional. Right. Nothing my kid does 
will ever make me stop loving them. Whereas my wife and I, we will love each other in, in, in my mind forever. But like there is still that potential for change down the line. Things can happen. And and we weren't like, you know, it's not like my brothers. I'm I'm literally stuck with them for life, regardless of if I want to or not. Whereas like, you know, like we you go through a few legal proceedings and you're done with each other kind of deal. No, 100 percent. And I think everybody should own a pet before they become a parent, because what you're describing and you're <laughs> watching my cat literally strangle me with her tail as you're as I'm saying this, what you're describing to me is such a high level compared to what I got when I first got my pet, yeah. which a cat Della but even when you have like a dog it's a higher level than that I remember yeah. when I first got her I was so freaked out I was like I'm responsible for this living thing yeah I am terrified now I leave her all the time because she's a self-sufficient little she's good yeah well and cats are good like that yeah but I was really but when she's a kitten I'm like oh god she's been alive two days she, she doesn't right. know what does she, she turns out she's smarter than me but you know <laughs> I get where you're coming from in terms of like this I cannot your mind has to be on a little bit more than it would have normally been. Even now, like I'm at work and I'm still like, oh, two o'clock. Okay. She normally drinks around two o'clock. I should text Nicole to make sure everything's okay. Or like if daycare hasn't sent me a push notification that they changed their diaper in the last two hours, I'm like, ooh, is she okay? Like what's going on? You know, like literally always thinking about, about her and looking at photos of her and like being like, all right, did she do this? Did she do that? You know? But I'll tell you what, man, it makes, you know, when you have a sucky day at work, when you come home to that kid and they give you that first like smile because they realize it's you or they give you that first belly laugh that they haven't done in their entire life. It's like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay, final thing. Um, the way I came across this breakup story to begin with is because I found her on TikTok. She was talking about hitting rock bottom after a breakup. <laughs> I'm curious if you have ever hit rock bottom. I, I feel like my exes would say yes. <laughs> I feel like, you know, a lot of like my first big breakup was like right when I was in college. So like I went out drinking a lot afterwards and it's kind of what I did off the second one too. So I guess you could kind of see that as rock bottom, like going out and being an idiot, spending money on things I didn't need to spend money on and wasting my time at the bars, essentially trying to, you know, looking back at it now, trying to find somebody that would fill that void. Right. And you're just not going to find that there. So I guess that would be rock bottom, but it's not like from the video that you posted where it's like, I got an eye patch. I got a chipped tooth. I got a, I did break my hand after one. So maybe a broken hand. How did you break your hand? Did you try and punch somebody? No, it was, uh, I wish, I wish that would have been such a better story than this. Um, in downtown St. Augustine, the Flagler tennis courts, if anybody wants to go visit the area, that's where it happened. Um, we were, we were at pirate fest, uh, which is obviously a lot of rum drinking going on. And we were walking to a friend's house and my roommate, that is the one that passed away. Um, he was joking about how I couldn't jump that high and we played basketball a lot. So like, once you say that, it's like, oh, it's on, I'm going to jump and touch the top of something. And the, the, the chain link fence that we were walking past was right there. And I was like, you think that's like 10 foot? I could touch the top of that. I could jump to the top and obviously had a little bit of liquid courage. So when I jumped my hand, I was too close to the chain link fence. So my hand went into the fence and it, it, it just cracked my fingers down as I tried to jump to the top. So. Oh, no. 
Oh, no. I did go to the bars for the rest of the night, though. That is that is commitment to the alcoholism. Justin. I just held a I held a uh, beer can on my hand the whole night like a cold. So it wouldn't swell as much. <laughs> Why didn't you go straight to the hospital? What is wrong with you? Well, I couldn't drive. I was drunk. An Uber. <laughs> the Uber one. OK, this is showing my age. Uber was not a thing when I was in college. You're you got so, taxis. You're so old. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, I wish I could say I hit rock bottom or I did something crazy post breakup. But honestly, with my avoidant attachment style, I refuse to be the victim. So, yeah. End of story. <laughs> would like and would like, I don't know, would like rock bottom be like looking on social media at the person too much in, in however much that's perceived? Like, I don't I I guess rock bottom's kind of subjective, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, like you really just reached a lo- where you're like looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, who are you? Damn. Yeah. Like, damn, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. For me, it'd probably be anytime I've been drunk in a bathroom looking at their social media. That's yeah. that's what I do. I get sad. I go on their Instagram. I haven't done that in probably a year, though. So that's good. That's good. Impressive. Abby, look at you have to, character growth. You'll have to see if it's like a specific liquor that makes you do that. Is it wine? Is it vodka? Is it something that like just makes the connection for you and just throws you into that tailspin? I think it's just getting drunk. <laughs> it's just being drunk. The emotions come out. All right. Well, thank you, coworker, just, ex-coworker Justin, for coming yeah. in kicking with me while my cat strangles me with her tail behind me it's always always a pleasure justin yes yes well thanks for thanks for having me i'm always happy to do it